This is your no bullshit guide to a happier life. Quick, but not necessarily easy tips to help you to squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of your business and your life. My name is Helen Calvert. I'm a coach, a business owner and a parent, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I do swear occasionally as the title suggests, so pop in your headphones if I'm not safe for little ears. Ready to go? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to this episode where we are going to be talking about other people's fears and how they can affect us. So last time we talked about our fear and anxiety and this time we're going to look at how other people's fear and anxiety makes a difference in our world and how we can recognise it. So have you heard the phrase crab bucket? Um, I came across it in a Terry Pratchett novel. I'm a huge Terry Pratchett fan. (laughs) That's a discussion for another day. But I came across it in his novel Unseen Academicals, uh, which is about the fortunes of three football fans who work in the kitchen of a university. Not that that is relevant. Um, But it struck me as a really recognisable phenomenon. And indeed, it is actually a widely known idea. I've discovered it's called the crab mentality. So what's the basis of this phrase? Well, apparently, and I I have never done this, um, so I don't know for sure, but apparently if you collect crabs at the beach and put them in a bucket uh, ready to cook them, you don't need to put a lid on the bucket. The crabs will not escape. Why not? So they won't escape because apparently if any crab tries to climb out of the bucket the other crabs will grab onto it and pull it back down. The crabs actually keep themselves in captivity. They don't need anyone else to stop them from climbing to freedom. Now, does this sound familiar? (laughs) At many times in our lives, we can find ourselves living in a crab bucket. Perhaps members of our family tend to think of themselves as not able to do certain things or not deserving of certain things, and they try to give us those same beliefs. That's that's crab bucket. Perhaps our friends are all at a certain stage of life, or in certain circumstances, and they're happy as long as we don't want to do things differently. That's crab bucket as well. And perhaps our community is structured in a way to keep us small. Perhaps it's a a wider issue depending on a community or culture um, or society that we find ourselves in. So how can you spot this crab bucket mentality? Um, Well, there's lots of ways, but I would say that some of these are telltale phrases. See if you've heard any of these. Yeah, but no one likes their job though, do they? I know, but all men are like that. I just don't understand why you would want to do that. No, that's not for the likes of us. Yeah, but that's just what marriage is like though, isn't it? Oh, you are brave to do that. Do any of those sound familiar? Often this whole mentality is rooted in the fear of not belonging and the fear of having to change. See, if you're part of a group of people who all have similar problems, 
It can feel really cosy and safe to complain about them together. And even though the problems remain, at least you all feel as though you belong. So we know this, don't we? Um, If you're in a group of friends and everyone's having a whinge about their husbands, or if you're in a group of people and kind of everybody hates their job, really, you know, nobody really enjoys it. But we're all going out on a Friday night to get drunk and it's okay. we can forget about it. Or if you're all struggling with a similar issue, you know, and that's kind of what's brought you together. It just feels what lovely and safe, doesn't it? You all belong together and what is binding you is kind of a, a joint misery, if you like, but you all belong. And when a member of the group tries to move forward to a solution or tries to do something new, that can give everyone else in the group the fear that perhaps that group will break up perhaps they're going to get left behind. You know, if they don't want um, a solution or if they're not ready for a change, they're going to get left behind. You know, that's a, that's a fear. And you'll have heard that phrase, Mis- misery loves company. Yeah, that. <laughs> misery loves company. So people may not want you to change and grow and improve and develop and become happier. Not because they're terrible people but because it scares them because they may get left behind without any company in their misery and they may not feel for whatever reason able to join you in moving forwards you know the fear of having to change is a really big one that drives this crab bucket mentality you know for instance if if not all marriages are unhappy you know if that phrase yeah but that's just marriage you know every everybody's unhappy or men are just like that if that's not actually true then the people who imagine that actually all marriages are unhappy, you know, that's their that's their norm, they may have to confront the fact that they are unhappy. And that is not the norm. That's really scary. You know, they're likely to feel terrified of the choices they'd have to make and the things they would have to face in order to change that situation. So they, you know, unconsciously probably choose to persuade others that actually just being a bit miserable in your marriage, not, you know, not really getting everything you need, you know, being regularly massively frustrated by the other person, you know, that's just normal, isn't it? You know, and if we if we can persuade everybody that that's just normal, then nobody needs to change and everyone belongs together in their dissatisfaction. Nobody's going to get left behind and, and it's all nice and safe. You know, this is not this is not malicious. This is very rarely a conscious choice. But it's the way people behave because they're frightened of what it would mean if actually it turned out that their situation is not, you know, just what everybody accepts. So this is our mindset block alert for this episode. Uh, it's kind of two a two-part mindset block alert. Two questions. Does other people changing and growing scare you? Or are you wanting to grow and change, but other people's fears are holding you back? So that's the questions you need to ask yourself. And if you answer yes to one of those questions, then that is the mindset block that you need to start digging into, potentially with some help from me or somebody else to see if you can get past this. Because as I say, it's rarely a malicious situation. You know, if you're the person who's scared of other people changing or if people around you are scared of you changing, this isn't, you know, you or them being horrible and dreadful. It's all born out of fear and most of it is done unconsciously. 
But it's really important to be able to recognize it because when you see it for what it is, you can make your own choices. You know, you can choose to belong to a different group of people or to counterbalance the crabs in your life by spending time with people who build you up and cheer you on. And getting curious can really help. You know, if someone close to you is anxious about you growing and changing, see if you can ask them what it is that they fear. Putting the focus on their fears rather than your decisions can be helpful to both of you. And it can lead to a really useful conversation rather than a confrontation about whether what you're doing is right or wrong. You know, because fear makes people angry. So if they're scared for you or scared for themselves and you're scared of not having their support, it ends up in a row. Whereas if you have a curious conversation about, well, hang on, what what is it you're scared of here? What are you worried is going to happen to you? What are you worried is going to happen to me? That can be a more productive conversation. You know, people are usually trying to keep you safe, often by employing the same tactics that they use to keep themselves safe, which is stay small, don't take up space, don't get noticed. You know, if that's their tactic and it feels like it's worked for them, then they're going to try and keep you safe in the same way if they love you, if they're close to you. But if you've decided against that approach because you know it's not serving you, then, you know, recognise that they're advocating it from a place of love, but also fear. You know, you can be grateful for the fact that they love you and you can be compassionate towards their fears for themselves and for you, but you don't need to make that a part of your decision making. You know, it's it's their choice to stay small, not take up space, not get noticed. That might serve them. It probably isn't serving them, but that's up to them. And we can understand that they're going to push that onto you because it's what they know is safe or what they think is safe. So they're desperately trying to keep you safe. But you know that that approach just will not serve you and you've decided you want something else. But it's recognising where it's all coming from for both of you. You know, I found when I've done things that other people see as risky or brave or out there, you know, a bit different, a bit scary, often people think that I can't see the risks. You know, they feel the need to sort of point out, but this is very risky, you know, you do realise this could happen and that could happen and what if this happens? And it seems to me that they think that I haven't seen the risks, perhaps because they are used to maybe not taking risks. Um, They imagine that if I am taking a risk, it must be because I haven't spotted that it's risky, you know. So they're trying to keep me safe by saying, yeah, but there's all these risks. And it's interesting because, of course, what's happened in actual fact is that I've seen the risks. I'm well aware of them. And they are risks that I have decided I'm comfortable in taking. And for a lot of people, that is such a, you know, such a different approach, such a weird idea that you would see a risk and be comfortable in taking it. So they think that you just must not have seen what the risks are. You must not understand, you know, what what these risks are. And of course, you know, life is actually all risk. And that's, that's something that some of us are going to struggle to look full in the face. And I understand that. But it's all risk. You know, we do a thing, it's risky. We don't do a thing, it's risky. 
You know, we risk something every time we step out the door, every time we stay in. (laughs) It's all risk. So every day we're calculating which risks we're comfortable with. Um, But it's something that I think those of us who push ourselves a little bit or who do things that other people might see as a bit out there, we're quite comfortable with taking certain risks or comfortable with feeling the fear and doing it anyway, you know, which I've talked about previously. So sometimes it can be helpful to explain to others if we feel the need to justify ourselves, which we don't have to, but explain to others that, no, no, I I see that risk. I know that's a risk. I've looked that full in the face and I'm comfortable with taking it. To me, it's a worthwhile risk. The risk of not doing this thing and missing out on it or staying the same, staying small, not trying something, that risk is bigger to me. Uh, than the risk of, of what I'm about to do, the risk of growing and changing. So if you do find someone sort of hanging onto your leg, trying to pull you back down into the bucket, <laughs> think about how you can put in place some boundaries with that person. You know, it depends who they are. Sometimes you can do that with love. Sometimes you need to do it with a fairly firm hand, <laughs> depending on the relationship. But you do need to put some boundaries in place because them trying to consistently pull you down if you want to move up is really unhelpful and pretty unfair, even though, as we say, we know where it comes from, we we understand, but they need to understand that it's not helpful to you. And if they do love you and want to express love for you, it needs to be in a different way, something that actually serves you. You know, they might never climb up. It might be that you actually do have to leave them behind. You know, you might have to fulfill that fear they have that they're going to get left behind. That might be what has to happen. But you know that is their choice. Because no matter what they think to be true, they have the same choice you do. They can stay where they are or they can move up and on and change. So it's their choice if they get left behind. Your choice, the thing that you're in control of, is whether or not you want to see over the lip of the bucket and see the big wide world beyond. Because I'm telling you now, (laughs) there's a whole lot more of life to enjoy outside of the buckets. (laughs) I highly advocate climbing out of it. (laughs) Kick away anyone trying to hold you down, because outside of the bucket is where it's at. (laughs) And I am here to help you with that at any time. My coaching can definitely help you climb out of the bucket. So please do get in touch if you'd like to find out more about that. And in the meantime, as ever, be excessively kind to yourself while you're trying to climb. And let's get out the bucket and squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of life. I'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to have you along for the ride. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are up. If you identified a mindset block during the episode and would like to work with me one-to-one, you can find out how in the show notes. See you next time.